0: Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler, and I'm Alan Shaw, and this is Rhapsody Radio. Hey, hey Terry, um, I'm so happy that you're here with us.
1: Me too. We're here with uh, Terry Cherry, our, our really great friend. The, the, <laughs> so Terry is a police officer with the Charleston Police Department, eight and a half years
2: yeah, almost nine in April. Mm-hmm. wow.
1: so when we when we were first coming to Charleston, we were looking for a a place for Rhapsody. And mm-hmm. we found our our spot on King Street. Mm-hmm. And we were at the wine shop next door. This was early, early on. And we came out of the wine shop and and we were approached
0: by Terry Cherry. And well well the exact thing that happened is both of our trucks the one that we had rented and the and her truck were right <laughs> next to each other and I walked out and there were two dogs sitting in the in the front of our seat and we didn't know why there were two dogs I was like why are there <laughs> two
1: dogs in our truck
0: Yeah and then you you came out uh, with uh, and then um <laughs> and then you were like nope that's my truck that's my truck and then you just automatically just started talking
2: yeah that's how friendships are born I and that's guess. exactly
1: that's exactly <laughs> I mean, it that was exactly it. Uh, yeah and then yeah. we you know we told about CrossFit and, and you were you were into CrossFit
2: and yeah I was really excited there was gonna be a new gym you know in Charleston and I was ready for a change yeah um, I have certain criteria in order to stay somewhere and continue to <laughs> you know I love
1: that the, and then the first time you came into the gym you're like I checked you out you're okay I'm like oh she just did a background <laughs> check on me yeah I do my research I know you on, do. on
2: all the things that I do <laughs> Hey, you know, we, we can
1: go over all of your accolades. I don't want I don't to want to embarrass you here, but it, it's really pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, Terry is recruiter for the Charleston Police Department. Um, she's 2019 South Carolina, South Carolina Alliance for Full Acceptance Leadership Award for all your work on uh, driving the LGBTQ plus visibility and equality. Uh, the 2020 National Institute of Justice Lead Scholar. Mm. And the 2020 International Association of Chiefs of Police, 40 under 40. Terry. Yeah. Yeah. You're crushing it.
2: I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I'm I'm very happy and pleased. And um, the lead scholar is probably one of the most important to me because I believe so much in evidence-based policing and driving data and science forward. So that was a huge honor. So
1: to Um, uh, to kick it back, where where did you – you grew up here. In the area?
2: No, I didn't actually. Oh. I grew up in um, the Appalachian Mountains, of Boone, North Carolina, Boone, and then okay. when I was eighteen, I actually auditioned uh, to get into performing arts school. So I went mm. to UCLA's Theater, Film, and Television School, um, yes. and then I did a year in Melbourne, Australia, at their Creative Department of University of Melbourne, and then I finished out my college education in Italy for half of a year.
1: Was what was was your initial idea in, in film, or what was the?
2: My initial idea was I was going to be a famous person, but I, just, I didn't think it would be this way. Um, but uh, no, the idea was that I was going to be in in LA and make my name, kind of like I think, sort of like um, Alan was interested in New York, kind of in the same capacity, yeah, for sure. And so, but once I was doing it, it just didn't suit me. My personality, I right. just am a little more strict and business oriented, and I didn't want to commit to that amount of time, being impoverished and. <laughs> Potentially making it, and I didn't particularly like waiting tables or doing the things that are necessary to kind of grind in that profession. So, for sure. Uh, and then I did, I worked for a film company um, for about eight years, it turned into a holdings company. It's actually a French company. So, in the meantime, I got my MBA in international finance economics from Pepperdine, and then um, the economy kind of tanked or whatever. I was yeah. always interested in law enforcement, so I actually, my parents assisted me and put me through the uh, post. San Diego Police Academy. So I, I graduated pretty high up in my class there, and then started putting in applications and ended up in Charleston.
1: Wow! And, and so, what what actually brought you to Charleston was it?
2: Uh, my parents retired here. Uh, my aunt and uncle live here. My my cousin and his wife and kids. And at the time, my other cousin lived here. He he now uh, they actually live in Ohio, but they moved to New York City. Uh, for a while, but in yeah. um, my brother's capital Police for f- now 14 years. Um, up in oh, DC. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so that's cool. He, um, so he and his wife and my two nieces live up there. So it was just a lot easier to be on the East, back on the East Coast. And I love California, but you know, I did my, what was it, gosh, t- 10, 12 years, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've been here nine, and I love it here. So
1: it's like the mass exodus from California right now. I
2: know, I saw that. <laughs> That's very interesting yeah. that
0: you were like you had your time in California and then and then moved to Charleston. You were like, no, this feels right. It's the same thing that we f- felt in New York. We were there for fifteen, and then came down here, and it was it was like, oh, this just feels like I want to be here, and I want to live here, and I want to like set up shop here, which yeah. is pretty nice.
2: The South, I I always, I had run from the South, you know, being realizing I was gay and all of these things. And so I'd run from the South mm-hmm. promising I would never return again. And now that I was older and I came back, I mean, it has so much to offer. Yeah. Um, you know, I love the community here. I love that I get to serve the community here. Uh, you know, my job as recruiter is so important to me because I'm building the future of law enforcement Um, And, you know, there's a there's a huge chance for change now and problem solving and reimagining that industry. And, you know, I'm getting to help sort of build that by the people that we select and hire. And it's a huge it's a huge honor and a huge deal for me. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. I know um, fitness plays a big role in your life. Oh, yeah. You know, CrossFit, mixed martial arts. So tell me a little bit about how, how you feel that, you know, it's important for you to stay healthy and fit and ready to go and how that helps you in your job. I think this is a big conversation that happens, you know, it's, it's people, law enforcement in general, having access to, to health and fitness and, and how important it is in the, in the line of duty. Uh,
2: so I uh, run the fitness testing uh, when we do the testing for recruiting and my attitude is sort of, you have to build a, a solid foundation If you have cracks, they're going to crack pretty wide open as Mm -hmm. you get exposed to trauma and and, and violence. Um, So you need to have a solid foundation in mental health, physical health, nutritional health, um, spiritual health as well. Totally. Um, So that when you do get exposed to things that are just overwhelming or very traumatic, you don't just crumble. Right. Um, And so that was always sort of my attitude. And then early on in my career, I got exposed to a lot of very violent things and was just thinking, okay, well, I, I definitely need to put my energy somewhere positive. So I started doing CrossFit, which I loved, and I started doing uh, jiu-jitsu. I'd seen a flyer up at the police department. Um, <laughs> there was a sergeant who's now left, but he was uh, really into it. He was a purple belt. So went over to check mat. It just opened and started started out there. And um, the gentleman that owned it at the time had been a prior law enforcement officer, so I felt pretty welcomed, and it was oh. typical being being strict and yelled at.
0: (laughs) So I was like, Oh, I recognize this. This is great.
2: Um, and so, you know, I've just kept that journey with, with, uh, jujitsu. And then I was always sort of interested in Muay Thai too. So started doing Muay Thai with my stepson. Mm -hmm. I just got married in October. So started doing that sort of bond. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then all of it sort of works together to create cohesive space. And then, you know, I'm older now and, um, and law enforcement, I mean, it's, fantastic and fun but it's also very dangerous so I for want to sure. be prepared
1: Yeah, you yeah. know for me it's like I've I recently in the last year added mixed martial arts into my training and it, it is it, it is I, I'm obsessed I'm obsessed with all of it I love the striking more than anything I do the jujitsu <laughs> I'm so surprised but I love the striking because <laughs> it's just fun to hit somebody but um, it's it's such a great additive to our normal you know, CrossFit training to mm-hmm. what we do but I imagine in, in your line of work you know the jujitsu can definitely come in to
2: play. I mean, if I'm having to use jujitsu, I'm in really deep trouble. (laughs) I'm a very tiny, tiny woman. I don't, I don't really need anyone on top of me at any point where I need to do grappling work. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully my, my skills that I've learned and my agency, uh, you know, can help me stay out of that. Mostly my words, you know, words are really powerful. Um,
0: Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen over just knowing you for the past three years is that, you have this innate way of just connecting with every individual that you come in contact with. And I think having, having a person in your line of work, um, that is, that is their like main driving force is what is going to change the, the old mindset of policing to, to the new era of, of, of police work. I think, um, it's really cool to watch. Just, I just see it on a daily basis when we interact with each other in the gym and mm-hmm. your interactions with people. You have no idea who they are. You first meet them and you're literally friends with them from the very beginning. And it's just interesting how you, how you navigate that. I've always been really, I try to strive for that as well. Um, and, I, and I really appreciate that in you. I think that's why we connected really early on. Well, thank you. Yeah.
2: I, um, when I was going through business school and stuff, I was really interested in social entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and making social impact. Mm -hmm. And I think policing is a really great space to, to do that type of work. You can have, you can be an activist in any space that you, that you have. It has to do with personality. And I think people who have been marginalized, you know, women have not been law enforcement for a long time particularly lgbtq women you know openly so um and and people who have been sort of left out of the status quo can envision sort of a different world i think glennon doyle and her book on tame talks they have that quote in there about that but Mm -hmm. um it's true yeah you know and and people who are who who kind of live as an outlier outside of that space can say okay well i see this differently and i and i know that this could be different. Right. And, and policing has been very stagnant. You know, I always say, I want to be the Airbnb of policing. I want Charleston police department's recruiting unit to be that, mm-hmm. um, not the, you know, vacuum salesman who doesn't realize Amazon exists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where policing still kind of lives and it should be living in the space of Uber and, and Airbnb and, yeah. you know, growing and changing and all and, of that. Yeah. yeah. And listening to the community <clears> and, you know, nationally and locally, about what it what it wants you know policing is a is a group effort it's not just an occupying force it's it's supposed to be a a conversation and a group effort and I think our police department which I'm very proud of does does that really well our leadership um our chief is excellent I mean just really driving that message forward and trying to be transparent and the standard and so well, if, you, if
0: you really think about it too like there's the connection that you have with the community is essential right if that's that is going to be 95 to 98 percent of your interactions are with just having conversations with people inside of communities around mm-hmm. the city um and I, your your pinpointing that of making that like the full focus is i think really important because you know the traffic stops and the you know the going and and doing homicides and all that stuff that those are outliers but the real like meat of your work is just interacting and seeing how the community is thriving and what it needs really
2: people just want to be i mean my my opinion is people just want to be heard people want to feel like you care yeah Um, they can tell when you're not being genuine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's important when you go work in a space, I don't know in any kind of work, I suppose, but in policing particularly to understand history, Mm -hmm. different cultures. Um, I I did a lot of reading. I read, um, Mr. Frazier's a gentleman on James Island who wrote a couple books about, um, James Island and the plantations and the African American community as it developed over there. They're great books, by the way, if you want to pick them up, I forget the titles, but, um, but I read those books and just started to kind of understand the people that I was coming in contact with, particularly on James and John's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's important to have context about what you're doing and who you're, you know, engaging and right. giving people voices and giving people representation that they may not have had Establish, before. Yeah, it's, imp- it's important. That's, for sure. how, mm-hmm. and that's how you build police legitimacy as you have people who reflect you and who are compassionate and who do figure out alternatives you know arresting is you can't arrest your way out of poverty you can't arrest your way out of homelessness 100%. you
1: know
2: so and these are very sort of progressive changing ideas but policing is starting to evolve to that
1: so talk to me because you know i don't understand a lot about it but i hear you say a lot about evidence-based policing mm-hmm. so gordon give me the basics of that and sort of what that style of policing is
2: so i can give you kind of an example of what we're doing um so uh, the recruitment unit is doing a research project with Clemson and USC. I went to a PERF conference, um, which is a large law enforcement organization, uh, and they were showing recruiting videos. And I said, well, how, how do you base, what did you base the, con, the context of the recruiting video on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, I want to do it on some sort of research. So um, I got into collaboration with the leads academic, uh, Kyle McLean, who works at Clemson. And we put together this sort of f- research project, um, we, got, um, we got approval, and found some interesting findings, which he's going to publish, um, but then we went through the procurement process to get a um, production company, etc. and we're going to actually take the findings from that study and try to implement and apply them to yeah. the recruitment video. Cool. Uh, policing for for a long time has just people have done it because that's the way it was done. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been necessarily any research about it or any data. People are making decisions just
0: that's how they I wouldn't used say to do
2: frivolously, it. but just Yeah. Because that was the way it was. And so that and research actually takes a takes a problem or an issue and applies what people, you know, have said, okay, well we did research on this and this is what we found. Mm-hmm like body cameras or uh, use of force or women in policing, or there's research on on different topics. I'm just naming a few. Um, But it's being uh, methodical about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's being intentional about what you're doing. And it's being open to, if the research says something that may not be the way we've been doing it, being willing to divert and do it differently. Because we're going to base it on some sort of evidence or research and that's and that's the sort of the push and the idea. It's they they call themselves the nerd herd because it's <laughs> very outside the normal, yeah, you know, yeah. way of thinking. But it's you know, it's very academic, very you know, research focused. So,
0: so being in the force for almost nine years, mm-hmm. congratulations. Um, what is one thing? There's probably a couple things, but what is one thing that if you could like flip the switch and be like, this is a change that's immediate and that that society is that society has been like yes let's go and like the policing has been like let's yes let's go what would that be that's from the like status quo to now like what like i have mine in my head of being like i don't know why police officers do tra- traffic stops like i just don't understand that like i understand that like now we have technology to where you can put where you can put cameras everywhere and if somebody's being an asshole on on the street just send him a ticket in in the mail or you know charge him on his credit card you know but something maybe something like that I don't know like that's what I've always wondered about actually being able to have a conversation with a police officer and be like okay you're in it 24 7 what is one thing that if you could flip the switch and be like I wish we didn't do it this way this is what the way that I would do it
2: well to to answer what you're saying, the the problem with cameras is is there's a whole debate about Big Brother and do you really want cameras watching you constantly? We do have cameras all over Charleston, obviously, but yeah, sure. You know, it, it leaves it leaves no conversation and it leaves no humanity to it.
0: Right? Yeah. And do
2: you really want to take the humanity out of policing? Well, the argument is people want more compassion in policing. Yeah, for more sure. More understanding in policing. More social justice in policing. So, and the reason we do traffic stops is because People get very much hurt in traffic accidents, um, pedestrians getting hit by cars. And so we do traffic stops a lot of the time because we want to protect people from getting injured. You know, there have been a lot of incidents around the city where people have really gotten hurt. Yeah. Um, And so we have a whole traffic unit with our department that that does those traffic stops to try to reduce speeders, to try to keep people safe. So Mm -hmm. that's the reason for those. Yeah. But for me, I mean, nothing is going to be a sweeping. I can't ever say there's gonna be a sweeping yeah. change, right? Like everything's incremental. So what what the leadership in CPD has done, which I really appreciate, is support change, even when it's hard. You know, we're the only police department that did a racial justice town hall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was very unpopular at the time. Now everybody wants to do it, but at the time we're the first, we're the only police department that does gender identity orientation training. Mm-hmm. Um, we do uh, racism as it relates to the African-American community and the police mm-hmm. in Charleston. Um, we uh, started Safe Place, um, which is a which is a program. Yeah, uh, we're involved in, in it. Yep. So so Safe Place was a program originally created in Seattle, but it's a signage program that businesses and the police take part in. And um, we have no hate crime law in South Carolina. There's actually a bill up right now to try to pass, but we're one of three states. So it's Wyoming, Arkansas, and us who don't have any hate crime law. Um and it was sort of to bring... Weird. Yeah. It was to bring awareness of that. You I know. had no idea. Yeah. That we don't have a hate crime law? Like, nope. Interesting. So I've been trying to do a lot to... And the police department's been trying to do a lot to bring that to fruition and have people... Educate people on that. Yeah. Because
0: um, safe
1: space is basically... If, if you're in a situation to where you feel uncomfortable, different businesses and organizations around town... Have this sticker that go in the window, and that's a place that you can go to, and that owner will call the police for you and help you out. And just offer assistance mm-hmm.
2: for sure. yeah. Yep. Yep. and it also is a, a visible way to say we don't you know support hate, we stand up against hate, um, and I thought it was really great for for Charleston, and I was really glad that you know, that program got off.: Yeah. You know, I have almost ninety businesses involved, and it was all grassroots. Me yeah. walking around before the pandemic,
0: I know, I going into this. businesses, I and
2: uh, two of my colleagues and friends who are part of the LGBTQ liaison group as well, um, going out there, you know, in our in our free time, and just talking to people, um, which makes it even more special because, you know, yeah. it was a lot more personable than mailing things out and not knowing people. Of course, um, so I've had the opportunity to to train various um, groups on the program. And, uh, I just brought hate crime training down from DC with the Matthew Shepard foundation. Mm -hmm. So it was a whole day training on uh, federal hate crime and why we don't have hate crime and here in South Carolina. And, um, it was, it was really fantastic. They do some really
1: good work, the Matthew Shepard foundation. People should look them up. Um, they go and they do speeches and and learning seminars for, for all kinds of organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, about legislation and mm-hmm. and how to, how to improve when I, I was, I directed the Laramie project. God, it's been over 10 years ago and they were involved and it was really, really cool.
2: Yeah. I think that, I mean, we, we had a great experience here. They They're they very kind to come and do it. And, um, but so back to your point though, I, I don't, there's nothing in policing that works that way, so mm-hmm. I, I would love to play that game. Except that the 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 joy is watching something change very slowly over time and being patient. It's a grind, mm-hmm. you know. The yeah. concept, at least like CrossFit, like yeah, or jujitsu or Muay Thai, you know, every every day that you commit to it, yeah. whittles away a little bit more to so, to perfection. Yeah, and I think that anybody that's a, that believes in social justice or social impact and as a you know as an activist within any kind of organization. You know, has a plan to whittle away and and try to make the change that they're able to make. And yeah. that notion that you can't change the world—you know, everybody's like, you can't really change the world. That's—I just, just don't believe that at yeah. all. Right? I think that it's all about a mindset, um, commitment to the cause, support from above, wherever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you absolutely can change the world. It may be on a on a micro level. Yeah. But so w- what? we talk
1: about this a lot on this show. It's about buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and obviously the police department here is, is bought in and, uh-huh. and, and, you know, things like a racial bias audit and stuff like that. That's, that's great. You know, cause you know, for a lot of people that, that listen to us, Terry, they're not from South Carolina. So there is this, you know, we're from New York, you were from California. There is this thought that like, Oh, you're from South Carolina. It's like everybody's, you know, backwoods and racist. And it's like, actually it's not that at all here. And, and I have never once felt us since moving here, I don't ever felt once, you Mm -hmm. know, in a bad place here. But I think it's really, it's really great to hear that like our police department is is that forward thinking and doing those types of initiatives.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, Stereotyping anywhere is a bad hundred percent deal. You know, I got a, I got a lot of that as a southerner when I went to Cal to UCLA in California. When someone hit- they only take two percent out of state, so it was like me and then Californians. Yeah. Um, but there I learned I learned early on when I was in the South. But there I sort of learned. You know, what was the thing they used to say? Uh, the janitor can be Brad Pitt tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So be kind to the be kind to everyone. Yeah. They're not very good at it sometimes, but you know, the, I, I had already already believed that you know everybody has a story and a purpose yeah. in the universe, mm-hmm. and so it's best to just be as kind as you can because it costs you nothing, you know. Yeah. And I just don't believe in stereotyping anyone. Yeah. Really, I mean everybody's different and to just look at someone and say, and people do that with police too, you know?
1: Yeah. I I think you have really great skills like uh, to, to talk more about Alan's what Alan says about your connection to people and, and how you're able to make friends with anybody. And it's always, it goes back to that. We always talk about, you know, Mary Kay cosmetics. She built her whole business around, you know, when you, when you're making sales or you're out meeting people, everyone has a sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. Mm -hmm and And I think that's such a great sort of way to to approach communication with people, so what is it what are how did you learn those skills to be able to connect that way? Um, I mean, you've all been obviously outgoing always since I've known you
2: i uh it's going to sound so like hippie yoga, whatever, but <laughs> you know it has to do with sort of like an internal warmth, I feel, I suppose mm-hmm. like I enjoy being kind and my my parents are kind people um i love to travel i love to hear different people's perspectives even when i do not agree with them whatsoever um i enjoy seeing different cultures i you know and i think that that, i I guess it would be called openness i think that openness allows me to want to chat because and whether i want to or not people just seem to come up to me on bus on buses and trains and tell me their (laughs) life story so I have no choice. But, you know, people do that and I enjoy that. Um, And I enjoy the way people think and I enjoy stories. I always loved stories. That's probably why I got into theater and television school. I actually ended up studying um, writing, playwriting, and then um, critical theory. But I loved sort of the the psychology of why people make decisions. And and so I think that fed into being interested in policing because everybody, you know, Criminals are only criminals. They don't, they're not bad and good. There's a gray space. People do things for reasons from socioeconomic reasons, from something that may have happened to them in their past, from yeah. trauma. You just don't, you don't know. Right. And so to just blankly be like, well, you're a terrible human and there's, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think it just comes from enjoying actually engaging people. Although I am an introvert, to be honest, <laughs> it, it wears me out, but you know, it stays with me the stories. I like the stories. And I like the people, and um, that's probably why I love recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, to, to when somebody applies for a job, they're excited, and you want to make them feel like they matter. You don't want to be like, "Hey, you're lucky I'm talking to you." Right.
1: You're you know, right.
2: that's just not a nobody wants to call somebody and be like, "What do you want?" Yeah, yeah. I've done that, and you're like, "Ew." Yeah, I don't like you very much. You're not a very nice person. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to work wherever this is. You know, yeah. even when it's just like you're calling your plumber or whatever. Like yeah. you're like, oh, you're kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. my termite folks are like the nicest people, and I'm giving them a lot of money for no reason, and I'm just like, but I, you're so nice about it. I'll, I'm happy to give you all my money. It goes
0: a long way.
2: It does. Goes it builds trust, right? It does. And
0: ultimately,
1: in in your field, that's it does. That's everything.
2: Well, and I I just I don't understand the other model. Yeah. The model where you're just pompous and arrogant and rude and aggressive. And I think true alphas, you know, I always talk to my wife about alphas, but an alpha anything, male, female, whatever, they don't have to constantly show you their alphas. If mm-hmm. they're doing that, they're not alphas. Right. Alphas know that, you know, if, if they have to, to fight, they're going to win. Alphas know that they're going to be successful. Alphas know that, you know, I've already, I've already won. Right. (laughs) We're stepping into this ring and I've already won. Right. Yeah. So what's the point of me being mean to you? Because you're just so incapable of understanding what I've already accomplished. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's an alpha. Yeah. And so you just, you can be calm and nice and. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, I got a few questions for you. Fitness questions. All right. CrossFit. What's your favorite CrossFit workout?
2: Gosh.
0: Or even, movement I
2: don't even think I know the names of those
0: <laughs> Or movement I like
2: cleans because I can do them
0: Yeah, cleans And I, I, I like bench cleans.
2: presses I can do Bench burners. press and cleans yeah. Burpees Yeah, I can do burpees Yeah Anything that isn't with the bar directly over my head with a lot of weight on it Where I'm squatting down <laughs> That's just <laughs> so not my overhead, overhead squat. squat
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just not my thing enough. You love to suffer though You have that part in you Like when it's a long sort of grinder kind of workout You love that
2: Oh yeah, Uh, I mean
0: she cusses at you a little bit but that's (laughs) that's all out of love I
2: think the hardest one I ever did it was me and Jen and I think her ex-boyfriend it was just us three Uh and it had to do with running and lifting heavy things and then running and lifting heavy things for like 30 minutes (laughs) and I was like whoever made this is a lunatic is a lunatic (laughs)
1: yeah yeah, there's some good ones coming up. That this was week. that is
2: the most memorable CrossFit workout I've ever done, but mostly because I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> and Jen and her ex were running it really fast, and I felt really bad about myself because I thought I was fit. And then when it was over, I couldn't really walk. And to this day, that was like a year, that was like a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago. And it was dark. I remember the weather. I, like think, I, was, remember, I think I remember. I have this. some PTSD from yeah. that thing. But, Um, it was, I mean, that's,
1: we always know know that, you know, occasionally, depending on the workout, especially like on Saturdays when it's hot out or something, we are all outside, you know, somebody will throw up and you instantly know if they're, if they're new, they're either going to join or they're going to love it. They're going to throw up and be like, sign me up Mm -hmm. or they're going to throw up and you're never going to see them again.
0: (laughs) It's one way or the other. Um, I sort of know, I sort of know prior to the puking, (laughs) I'm sort of like, Oh, don't get close. Don't get close to that edge. Don't! Oh God. Okay, here it comes. Okay. It's, it's,
2: rare. it's rare that I will throw up, but I've done it a couple of times. I know your toilet intimately. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I've sometimes feel like, this wasn't the best idea. We, <laughs> we
1: clean it. We know it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> talk about UFC a little bit because we're both big fans.
2: Oh, I mean, I love the UFC.
1: I really think it's amazing what they're doing because, you know, they're uh They've weathered this pandemic brilliantly, and they've adjusted to you know to to the events in Abu Dhabi and in Vegas at the apex, really pulling off events in a really tough time. I mean, they were the first sport. To be back on its feet once pandemic started.
2: When they have a huge complex in Abu Dhabi, it's um, um, gorgeous, massive. and now they can it's, it's, use it. It's amazing. Isn't an
0: island. It's an island. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Fight Island. <laughs> yeah. look, you know something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I, I actually watch it.
0: I I do not. I you know this do is not, what, this is what okay. it's become. Okay. What, what is that? Become?
1: Alan is not so interested in the fighting. Alan likes to bet <laughs> on the fighting. <laughs> what are you talking so about? He has a my bookie account, and he will be like. Who's gonna win tonight? And then uh, he'll be in there. He'll be putting money on these fighters, and then gets mad at me when it doesn't pan out. <laughs> it's not that I don't.
0: It's not that I get mad. Uh, it's just that
1: I always. I'm I'm always pretty good at the picks. Uh, but you know he doesn't like just picking the winner of the fight. He wants to pick which round.
0: Yeah, because that's your that's best a hard payout. pick.
1: Are you kidding? You know so. Huh.
2: I yeah. so my wife and I. Um. We I mean we love it. We would love mm-hmm. to actually be able to afford to go to one, but normally they're. We'd love to go to Abu Dhabi, but they're thousands of dollars. And, of course, you know, yeah, It's a really long flight. But hey, and,
1: but hey look, they you know. Dana's going to get this up. He's the the, the arenas are going to come back. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Still it, thousands it, of dollars. Totally.
2: totally. You know? like, <laughs> sorry to tell you, but the tickets yeah. are astronomical. Now, one day will I pay for them? Yes, I will because yeah. I, it's like on my bucket list of what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. But I watch it because I like the fighting. Yeah. Um, we, you know, when the pandemic happened, the bars closed down. We never, I never really liked to go to the bars because you waste your money. Because you're already paying, like, 20 bucks to get in the bar and then all this money for beer and whatever when you could just pay 60 bucks and sit at your house. Yes. <laughs> um, so now, you know, we, we watch the fight nights that are free and then we pay for the pay-per-view. And I just have never been a big football person or basketball person. Couldn't really get into that. Yeah. They asked me to be relatable at work, and so I, like, tried to like football and it's just not, my, <laughs> That's just no not thing. my thing no they didn't they did they did. I said I was not that relatable so I was like uh, okay well I, like, I picked a football team yeah. and that year the football team I picked won the Super Bowl so they're very people are very upset with me because they're yeah. like you don't know anything about them I was like you're right I, I know nothing <laughs> I like their pretty costumes yeah, and like costumes. and I like I like to ski I like Denver so yeah. I was like Denver, Denver perfect
1: yeah. but <laughs> who's your favorite fighter in the UFC
2: um we're big fans of amanda Nunes.
1: i mean look saturday night did you watch she crushed it
2: yeah she, she, she triangle armbard that and, i and will
1: tell you too this is you know i always hear the, the commentators like you know the greatest female fighter of all time i'm like we don't need the qualifier of female anymore like she is one of the greatest mixed martial arts fighters of all time yeah and it's brilliant
2: Yeah, I loved Conor McGregor too, but his last fight just...
1: Well, see, I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan, so... Well, he
2: shouldn't have been fighting without preparing better. Yeah. You can't be pompous and dance around... And then lose. Come Does in your Bentley you and like dress up in vehicle suit that I want. You know? If he
1: would have checked the leg kicks, I would have been a different story. But
2: yeah, that. Well, but, I mean, if you kick someone in the leg for long enough, yeah, you're going to. I mean, you walked out with a cane. Yeah, you know. So I, I think you should have just stayed in retirement and mm-hmm. prepped a little bit longer. Yeah, I think you wanted the money to be honest. Yeah, um, but you know, I think if you're gonna, you have to own your your arrogance. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, if you're going to be arrogant, you have to back it up. Mm -hmm. And to just come out of retirement and be like, I can do this, you know, against such a great fighter, I think it was just really not very thoughtful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And then he wasted my time and my money (laughs) because I spent a lot of money to watch that thing. And it lasted for like 30 seconds. And I was like... All this money. I was on the yeah. sofa,
1: literally standing on the sofa screaming because I was thrilled for Dustin. and
2: Man, by that time at night, we're tired.
0: Alan did win some
2: money on that I fight. think I
0: won like $700 or something like that. I was like, mm,
2: okay. See, we have to take naps <laughs> on Saturday to like prepare for UFC because we start at 6.
1: It's 6 to, mid, to mid- midnight to, or 1 to like m. 1 in the morning. Yeah.
2: And by 1 in the morning... You know, we're starting to putter out a little bit. Yeah.
1: I mean, this so. were 15 fights on this last And card.
2: not the fighting. We love yeah. the fighting part. It's just if they... I liked it in Abu Dhabi when they were starting it, trying it out in the afternoons. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know? So, Terry's a little modest about her jujitsu jitsu training. I've rolled with her a couple times, and, and she's she's submitted <laughs> me plenty times. She goes for that arm bar all the time. Like, you cannot... Get out of that arm bar with you Like Ronda Rousey You giggled the whole time I did I did Because I just wasn't expecting it At the first And I was like Oh
0: shit She's
1: for real Yeah yeah, don't mess yeah, with I've Terry. Only rolled,
0: I've only rolled once, and I was like, "Nope, don't like this. Hate it, hate it." Uh, so he it, went. He me. went
1: to <laughs> class with me. He yeah. went to jujitsu. I, you know, and I, he was like a walrus on the ground,
2: I, well, and he wouldn't
1: move. Not a walrus. So I don't.
2: So the reason I love jujitsu is because it's one of the most humbling things you can do, uh-huh. because yeah. it makes you constantly fail. Yeah. And people don't like to fail. Mm-hmm. Pe- and yeah. that's why people don't try very often is because they hate failing. And that's true in anything. But jiu-jitsu is one of those things where if you get over your ego and are willing to fail, you can become great. Yeah. And not great like fighting, and, fighting and, like IBJJF or whatever. I'm just yeah, saying, right. you know, great, like you can continue to progress to a point where you're pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's why jiu-jitsu is such a beautiful thing and so interesting. And I, I stick with it is because most people quit. Yeah. Most people quit. And most people quit because they hate to fail. Right. Yeah. You just got to be
0: willing to go I every day. To, Honestly, I think yeah. I just need to get a coach because the class, like, you, y'all just jumped in and everyone knew the movements. And I was literally like, what do you want me? To, okay, what do you want me to do? And then all the names started I, I happening. I know and say and I was like, that I is have, part of it. But also no part idea. of it
1: is, is just giving over to the fact I'm just going to be submitted for an hour. Crushed. Like, yeah. I'm just going to be like, that's just what it is for a long time. Yeah. And it's like, when I go, I'm like fully aware I'm going to be submitted for an
2: hour. Yeah. It's uh, also good for men, I will say, to, to, to have that experience because that's what it feels like to be a woman kind of on a regular basis, mm. you know, to constantly knock down, to get back up, to be knocked down, to be smashed, to mm-hmm. be crushed, to be, yeah. you know, as a small, I'm a small statured female. And they're small-statured men, too. But as a small-statured female, like, I'm rolling around with guys that weigh... How much do you weigh? Like, 200-something pounds?
1: Yeah, 195. You know,
2: 195, 200 pounds that are, like, trying to smash the, the yeah. living... And choke me to death. And break my arms and legs. I mean... <laughs> it's... <laughs> Like it's just crazy, to me. men, men. I'll bet on it. A but, lot yeah. of a, a lot of a lot of people. I'll say men because it's mostly men that do jujitsu. We're not gonna lie here because they they're more men than women in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. but they don't like being beaten. Yeah, they don't particularly by a woman, but they really don't like being beaten in general. Mm-hmm. And then they don't like to have to get back up, and be humiliated, and start all over again. And, and yeah. then just have somebody just take them to town. You know, even yeah. a little teeny guy. You know, this brown belt's going to take you to town. I don't care how big you are if you're a white belt or a b- blue belt or whatever. So, yeah, you can yeah, spank
1: yeah. my ass anytime yeah, you I mean, want
2: Terry. Yeah. Cherry. <laughs> I'm saying, you know. I would watch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it's I I just I love it because it's I have earned every stripe, every belt I've ever gotten. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I now that I'm moving into Muay Thai, I like Muay Thai because I can actually see the development of my efforts. For sure. You know, and I'm like, this is awesome. I like that part. About I think
1: that's what it is for me, you know, because I'm, I'm sort of doing a bit of everything, is my striking is moving along obviously much quicker than my jiu-jitsu. jitsu is, is, is time, like time that you put into it. And so I'm loving the striking because I'm feeling more and more confident with it. Jiu-jitsu, I still go and just, you know, get rolled on top up for an hour. I love it. But the striking to me has become like striking. I love it.
2: Well, striking's easier in yeah. terms of and I don't say you know, Muay Thai's easier. I'm saying you know where to hit. If I tell you to do a jab, you know where to at least where to jab. Totally. If I tell you you gotta do this to get this, to get that, to get an arm bar, you're like,
1: What? Yeah, yeah. You I mean, know, it's, it's, just, amazing. it's just a little
2: more development, I think. And being um,
1: around and, experts in it and being around black belts, it is it's brilliant to
2: watch. Oh yeah. And look, Muay Thai is really hard. I don't want my Muay Thai coach to hear oh, for me sure. say it's so hard for it's sure. very
1: hard you have one of the best in the city too
2: oh yeah he's excellent i love you know i love all of my gyms they all uniquely have their own culture and people and yeah um
1: Rhapsody's her favorite though she told me secretly
2: it's, i do, I like, do it's it. my favorite yeah i i love i mean i do because it, i mean the it's all about you know the people that you're with and the business and how it's run. You guys put my my fruit-free free lotion in the shower so I can shower before work, <laughs> which is very important to me. Yeah, um, you know, and all the nice soaps and I call it the bougie box. <laughs> it's a bougie box. It <laughs> I'm is. fine with that. Uh, We're so good with it. I like yeah. that title. Yeah, um, but no, I, I do. I mean, each one means something to me. That's why I keep doing it.
1: Hundred awesome. percent. And it's just good to stay active. That's what I tell people. I said, just do one thing. Just if you know, if if you're sedentary. Just be active. I
2: agree. I just also have a Peloton something. bike, so I'm
1: you're like, you're all I got. About I got it. them all, <laughs> Terry. It's so awesome to have you. And like I said, you've been with us from the very beginning. Yeah, you literally know?
2: the
0: very beginning. And yeah,
1: and they're like, Day one. I could count on one hand the people that have been with us from the very, very start that yeah. I remember is just like kind of iconic people in our lives. Actually, I
0: think you yeah. s- signed up for a membership before we, the doors were actually open. I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somebody like, claims first, but yeah, I, it was I, really me. Yeah,
0: I think, it, yeah, it was you. I mean,
2: <laughs> I had to break up with my other gym and it was just a little yeah. bit longer breakup than I expected, so. It's okay. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> know, it didn't <laughs> take it well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but look, we thank you for your service, all that you do. Thank you. Absolutely. And I love, I love learning about policing. Where can people go to learn more about what you do in recruiting in the Charleston Police Department?
2: Uh, so you can go to joincpt.com. That's joincpd, com. You can also go on the city website. Yep. Um, on the city website, too, just so you know, that we have the racial bias audit um, findings. We have the strategic plan. We have our data initiative. There's a lot of interesting things. Um, the Safe space safe program place. is on there. Mm-hmm. Safe,
1: safe Place yep. program safe is on, place there.
2: Program's on there as well. Yeah. You know, and, and anyone that is interested in me, feel free to contact me. I mean, my information is on the website, and I, you know, I get questions all the time. It doesn't have to necessarily be to get hired, but... That's what we're doing. Trying to hire the future of progressive future of law enforcement. And
1: it's a great career.
2: It's a great career. Yeah. You know, it's rewarding and meaningful. And we're thankful. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Hey everybody, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe down there in the bottom. Give us that five star review if you really enjoyed it. Um, always engage with us on Instagram at Rhapsody Radio Show, or you can email us at info at RhapsodyRadio.com. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.